0: uh start a new teaching series just a two-part series today we'll transition to those slides when the AV team are ready there we go called unshakable everyone say unshakable unshakable and uh this is a series two parts where uh this is directly relevant to kind of the season that we're in right now as a church and uh, so i, I want to encourage everyone to have their heart open their ears open their eyes open And be receptive to what the Lord would want to put on your heart today as we look at this teaching. And if we have a look at this first slide, let's have a look at what the word unshakable actually means. Unshakable, not possible to weaken. Who likes that? Come on now. Or not possible to get rid of. Who likes that? Yes, it is very nice. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) Not able to be shaken. Right? Who wants those qualities in their life? Anyone here? Uh, I do. And uh, I've got some truth I want to bestow on you today from the Word of God around there are some specific principles about how as followers of Christ, men and women of God, we can be unshakable. Unshakable. All right, let's have a look at this next slide. This is a little bit of what is this teaching series all about, okay? What's the why? Everyone say why. Why? There are two things I want to bring to our heart today, and that is, as Christians, we're just followers of Christ, we are called to do lots of things, but specifically I want to focus on two things from this teaching series. We are called to be planted in the house of God. We're going to look scripturally around why there are key benefits to being planted in the house of God. We're going to look at how that's different to just attending the house of God, sometimes coming along to the house of God, sometimes reading your Bible a little bit, actually being planted in the things of God. We're going to look at that. We're all called to be planted in the house of God. Everyone agree with that? Yeah. Good. All right. That was passionate. Everyone agree with that? Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> and secondly... We are all called to encourage and help others to be planted in the house of God. Who believes that? Who knows? It's not just about you. Why don't you turn to the very, very extremely good-looking person next to you and say, it's not all about you. Not all about you. Woo! So we're all called to be planted in the house of God, and that's not where it stops. We're all called to encourage and help others to be planted in the house of God, and that's our why, but there's also more whys to the primary why. We're going to look at why is this why a why, right? So let's have a look at this next slide. Everyone say, ooh. Everyone say, ah. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a model. Is everyone excited by this model? <laughs> Probably not as excited as I am right now, obviously. All right. Now, this is our uh, newly developed Forever House model. What do I mean by a model? It's a way to give us a, a more simple blueprint or snapshot of uh, kind of what's God calling us to do or to focus on When we are all called to be planted in the house of God and we're all called to help other people, encourage other people to be planted in the house of God. Now, let me start by saying this. Everything about this model is saturated by an overarching other thing. Imagine if I had a big blanket and I threw it over the model and it covered every aspect of the model. That blanket would be prayer. Everyone say prayer. Prayer. Everyone say it's important important. to pray Pray. things into being. Good. Scripture says, uh, declare a thing and it shall be established for you. So when we say prayer, we don't just say nice little prayer. We talk about all different types of prayer. Uh, When we devote ourselves in devotional prayer, when we get into warfare prayer, when we decree things and we want to establish things in the spirit so they manifest uh, physically. As a Christian called to be planted in the house of God and to plant others in the house of God, we're actually talking about this overarching theme of making disciples. We're calling about this overarching theme called Making Disciples. Okay, one more time. This overarching theme called Making Disciples. Almost there. We won't do it again, they will warm me up later. All right, making disciples. Okay, so I want to break this down, right? Everyone say win, everyone say plant everyone say grow. Cool. So we're going to look at what scripture says about these three things, but I wanted to release into everyone's heart that in this season of Forever House, uh, I mean, we're always called to make disciples as Christians, but there's something specific that God wants us to focus in on, kind of like the word I was talking about with the pencil. In a way, it's like really sharpening in on as a church family, God's saying that his heart is for us to be faithful with a little right now. That I believe that God is really focusing in on our church community, and he wants us to be all on the same page. And part of my heartbeat in bringing this message is to help us to get on the same page. And that is, as a community, as a team, as a united force, as, the, as a representation of a portion of the body of Christ, as, a, as a, an example of the army of the Lord positioned in Cooper's Plains, Brisbane, Australia, to actually help to advance the territory of the kingdom of God under the banner of Jesus Christ himself. Is anyone getting excited yet? That we right now in this season of September 2008, and we're in the third reformation of church history, and we're in the latter days where the Bible says that I will pour out all my spirit upon all flesh, right in that time in that season the lord is releasing this word to us right now and he is saying that he wants us to be all focused and intentional and deliberate about making disciples and helping people to get planted in the house of god and there are some strategies he's going to help us to do that who knows that focus is powerful jfk who's heard of jfk right? Famous American president. He knew the power of focus because the Russians had beat the Americans to the moon. Who knows that Americans don't like losing? Come on now. Anyone experience that? Go with the Americans, right? Yeah, Serena Williams, she didn't enjoy losing this morning, did she? Oh, dear. Oh, fierce. Okay. Oh, and so back in this, uh, I think in the early 60s, I might have my history slightly off, but the Russians actually beat the Americans to space. And so the pride of the Americans was bruised a little bit. So JFK thought, hey, our American NASA team are doing all lots of stuff, but we didn't get the victory. We were doing this, and we were doing this, and we were doing this, and our focus was kind of fractured, and we lost the Americans. So now we have to bring it all in, focus, so we can beat the Russians too." The moon. All right? And so he used this thing called focus. And what he did was he said, right, we're going to focus in like a laser. And we're going to do this. By the end of the 60s, we're going to go from here to here. And we're going to have a result. We're going to safely get an American on the moon by the end of the 60s. By the end of the decade was his precise words. He made a very deliberate, intentional, focus statement to shift all of the army of NASA all of the people of NASA, to focus in and look at the simple principles that would actually help to bring the fruitful result. Now, who knows that Jesus is a far better leader than JFK was? Who knows that Jesus is very wise, right? And, uh, you know, last week we were talking practically on our Father's Day service about how spiritually one of the best ways for us to focus is to unplug from our iPhones so we can plug into heaven. Who knows that there's fractured focus all around in our generation right now? Come on. And so spiritually, what I want us to do as a church is sometimes we can get really busy doing lots of spiritual stuff, but it's not necessarily fruitful if we're not focused in on actually all doing the similar things in terms of our heartbeat and our prayer for God to actually release fruitfulness in a church community. And so this is what this is all about. So the first thing is, ideally, we have to have some type of focus on winning, Souls. The Bible says that it takes wisdom to win souls. And watch this. It doesn't talk about just unsaved souls. Did you notice that? When the Bible says it takes wisdom to win souls, it doesn't just mean unsaved souls. Think about this. So is a church called to win unsaved people? Absolutely, right? But also a church is sometimes also called to win people who are not just unchurched, but people who are over church. Do you know there's a lot of people who are over church? Oh, it went quiet, right? And so winning souls is we all have to take responsibility for being influencers. So get this. When you have a revelation of who Christ is in your heart, and it's fresh, and you also have a revelation that you're called to be planted in the house of God, that Jesus actually loves the church, that the gates of hell will not prevail against him building the house of God, building the church, building the kingdom, come on now, that if we get all a fresh revelation that we're all called to be planted in the house of God, that we're all called to win people, but we're not just called to win people to Jesus, but we're actually called to win people into the kingdom of God, to get them planted and established in community, in fellowship, then we are all on the same page. And so there's this focus around winning. Now, the three small words that's very hard for you to read uh, underneath, I will articulate, is reach, invite, connect. Everyone say reach. Everyone say invite. Everyone say connect. So we have to reach people. Now, we have a great couple of things that we do. Our community pr- uh, dinner that we do every two months where we invite all the community to come for a free mail on a Saturday. And we connect with all those people and we try to encourage them to connect in with what we're doing here. It's been incredibly successful. We're getting great feedback. That's good. But also, uh, it's about us understanding that in our universities, in our workplaces, in our circle of friends, there are people that you're called to influence and to invite to the house of God. Now, let me say this. Sometimes I think we can get complacent about this. And I'll tell you why. Because we actually forget how good God is. (gasps) Did you just say that, Pastor Brad? Did you suggest that I could forget how good God is? Let me, let me be specific. Imagine when, well, remember back to when you gave your heart to Jesus, how amazing it was. It was like, whoa. You know, the first time I walked into the house of God, I was just awestruck with the presence of God and uh, just that people were passionate about God. I mean, to me, it was all about that you go on, you know, your knees and you do crosses and no disrespect to those more traditional places. But for me, there was something electric about the presence of God and the word of God being preached and people being passionate about it, that there was actually a a gathering of people who are worshiping Jesus. Do you know that there are a lot of people out there that don't even, have never really encountered what it's like to actually experience the presence of God, to really hear the word of God preached powerfully that's relevant to the very dark spots that they're in right now. There are a lot of people have only really encountered religious examples of Jesus, religious examples of church. Do you know that people are craving the presence of God, but they don't even know about it right now? So what I'm saying is, when was the last time you reflect back onto when you were wowed by the reality of God for the first time? And when have you lately prayed about opportunities to invite people to have that same encounter? That's my challenge to you. I think sometimes we think people wouldn't be into this. Can I tell you? There's a lot of people who are desperately, desperately in need of this. As in they need a reality check around how that people still today believe in Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is changing lives still today, that there's testimonies, that the word of God is preached powerfully, that there's a thing called the anointing, that there's a thing called the Holy Spirit that actually infuses himself on the inside of you and makes you a brand new creation that helps you to fight the power of addiction, that helps you to fight the power of sin, that helps you to break off that thing of shame on your life that would try to entrap you and to curse your identity. There are people in the world who are starving for spiritual food. God has a heart for us to invite people to the table, church. We're feeding here, hopefully, on somewhat tasty food, right? Not just the nachos or nachos, but the spiritual food, right? And people have to be invited to the table, and then we, we, we're going to connect them. But now, uh, We love connecting with first-time people. We want to connect with you, and we have a way that we do that. But can I just say that the team that are responsible for connecting with people, it's not just their responsibility. It's all of our responsibility to connect with people who are new, who might still feel isolated, who are looking for a a spiritual family, who are looking for a sense of identity, a sense of belonging. Come on now. There are so many other companies in terms of, we're not a company, but I'm talking about advertising and brands and worldly strategies that that are trying to buy for the attention and the sense of belonging. They're trying to get people into their tribe. Do you know? that Starbucks is a classic example. Starbucks did research that realized that people, besides their work and besides their family, they needed something else. They needed a sense of community and most of today's statistics show that people don't really experience community so they did a whole strategy called Starbucks and they said, you know what, besides work and besides people's family, they're going to find community at Starbucks. There are companies and advertising, there are people in boardrooms coming up with strategies of how they can win souls to their brand, how they can get people to open up their wallets and put money. But can I tell you that Jesus Christ is saying, I want to have a, an electrifying thing in your heart saying, are you open to the fact that you're called to strategize and think about how can we win people who are lost, who are broken, who are in darkness, and how can we bring them into the things of God because I want them to have eternal life, but I want them to actually have a life that's actually fulfilled and, and, and changed now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you kind of catching it? Win! Everyone say win. win. Plant. Everyone say plant. So once we win them, we have to plant them. The Bible clearly says that there are different types of conditions of soil. When we win people, that's not where it stops. Sometimes I've had some juicy uh, conversations with people who are very evangelism focused. I love evangelism. I've led with evangelism most of my Christian walk in terms of that's the thing that's really fired me up. But sometimes I've had juicy conversations with people who are evangelists, evangelists, and they've been so into salvations and seeing people get saved, but they've lost the fact that then evangelism isn't the only member of the body of Christ. They've got to partner with people to help to get those people planted in the house of God because you can actually get the seed of God into people's hearts. But if they don't get planted, guess what? That seed gets attacked. The seed of salvation gets attacked, and so we want to create salvations. We want to see salvations, but we want to see disciples, and how are we going to make disciples? We can't just feed people the Word of God once or get them to have a one-time encounter. We've got to make sure that they come into the process, the community that, that Jesus is is all about, and that's his local church. His local church is designed. It's not perfect. His bride is not perfect. Jesus is. But the local church is designed to have people being planted in to make disciples. And so here we have pathways. Everyone say pathways. Now, I'm, I'm going to teach you on this. I'm being really deliberate and upfront here because I want every single person to know this and understand this because I want you to help us. I want you to be on the same page. So what are our pathways? So one of our pathways is our Connect Breakfast, where we start to get to know people. That's a pathway event. Another event is we, at the Connect Breakfast, we talk to people about our Believe course, where people need to uh, develop their their faith, the fundamental principles of of Scripture, the Believe course. And then we've got also our Belong class, where people can learn about the vision and values of our church. But also we've got courses. We've got different things that people can get connected into. We've got, sometimes people uh, receive, they might need, need counselling or they might need ministry or they might just need a really big hug, right? We've had times pe- people who desperately need financial help. So we've organised meals for them. We've helped them out financially. There's been different needs and so it's about different pathways. But also, uh, apart from that initial piece of pathways, is that we have a team who actually calls people And invites them to come back, and we want to get to know people and find out, how can we serve you? How can we help you? And there are two primary ways that we know we can help people to get their roots deep into the house of God. Because if we can get their roots deep, and then we can continue to nurture their roots, their identity in Christ, we can help them to grow. um, Then that way, they're going to be able to stick, and they're going to be able to start to bear fruit right? And so there's two ways. One is circles. Circles is like our small group ministry. And so let me say this. We're all called to be planted and we're all called to help others and encourage others to be planted. So one of the most powerful things you can do is actually encourage someone to get connected relationally with other people in the house of God. But sometimes... We're not focused on doing that. Right? Can I share a secret? Are you sure? Are you ready for the secret? Just don't tell anyone, okay? This is the secret. Are you ready? Are you ready? You probably won't feel like encouraging people to get plugged into a circle. If you haven't Spending any time with God yourself, because you'll be really tired and empathetic and fleshy about church, even yourself. Even in fact, sometimes you'll find it hard to come regularly yourself. You might come for the nachos. Is it? You'll think Pastor Brad usually finishes at eleven forty-five, so I'll get here about eleven fifty. I'll skip all the spiritual stuff, but come for the free food. No one does that. (laughs) Right? There's no way you're going to feel like advancing the kingdom of God's territory if you're not hanging out with a guy who owns the territory. I mean, don't wait to think excited about wanting to actually see other people get planted if you yourself... Are struggling to even want to be here because you're not spending any time with the God who's created this whole plan. Yeah. Right? Don't be surprised by that. I think a lot of people go, oh, I'm just not feeling connected. Now, we don't actually have a... We have a great church community, but I'm just talking about those people who aren't here, right? As in not the puns that aren't... But I'm talking about the other people who are a little bit, you know, not into church talking about how sometimes we all feel such a pity party around how we relate to church but at the end of the day if you're relating to the father if you're plugged in everything seems really exciting right so it's about taking i've got to say the r word (sighs) taking sandy loves this word don't you sandy can we say it together sandy one two three responsibility that's it all right taking responsibility so the other way that you can help to encourage and help other people to get planted uh, is to start to get involved i talk about this it's shifting from the hotel to the house mentality see we love having guests so these guys here are our guests right so it's kind of like we're here to make sure that everything is they're our guests we're gonna we want to you know they're excellent we want to create a hotel experience for them right so we make sure that they get fed and, and we look after them. And they're special. Everyone say special. So people who are guests or first-time visitors or second-time visitors, it's a hotel because they're kind of like, all right, okay, I'm just kind of checking it out, right? I'm visiting, getting a feel for it. But once you went to get planted in the house of God, guess what? You have to go beyond the hotel into the actual ownership mentality. And you know if you're part of a household practically – Right? You have to get involved in maybe cooking, cleaning, making the bed, washing the dishes, whatever it is, right? Who knows that? And so Jesus talks about this. He talks about certain scriptures around serving and getting involved, which we all know about. And then grow is when we see people are planted, then we can really relate. We can be in fellowship. We're on a team together. We're doing life together. We're in a circle together. We're really relating. We're not just surface level. The hell with you? We. Oh, it's good. How your way? Now, come on, if you're in a circle, if you're in a team, I know the cafe team, they start to get to know each other. They start to get an idea of what's going on in their world. We start to really relate. There's a stickiness. There's a super glue relationally. Do you know that God wants depth in relationship? He doesn't want superficial, let's just come to church and sit on a seat. Now, if you're doing that at the moment, that's a seasonary and bless you. But my challenge to you, I'm not trying to condemn you, but my challenge to you is there's a lot more depth to this thing called Christianity than a lot of us give time for. And so our challenge as a church is to help people to really get planted in and to grow. And so when, when they get planted in, do you know this? statistically, when someone's planted, they're a lot more coachable and teachable. Amen. They are. They're coachable and teachable. And so when the word gets preached, they're able to receive more of the teaching. Because they've actually got a committed relationship to the house of God. They're here for a long-term thing. It's just not kind of, uh, you know, if it just ticks my box for a little while. No, I'm here to serve. I'm here to connect. I'm here not just to receive, but I'm here to give as well. And so they get a lot more out of the teaching. There's a discipleship, right? And also we know that discipleship, it's not just about things that are taught, but it's about things that are caught as well. We've been having these prayer meetings and, and talking specifically about growth. And it's about making sure we encourage people to get into that, that place of prayer and, and developing the ability to pray. And also, we want to see people being encouraged. Who knows that life is hard? Who knows that the Jesus life is difficult and challenging, right? Jesus said, not if, but when the storms will come. So to navigate through the storms, we have to be encouraged by one another, by God. We get all this. This is the thing. We probably get all this, but it's about us being intentional and deliberate. When was the last time you encouraged someone fairly new in the things of God or fairly new at church to actually help? Ha- when was the last time you actually helped someone to get more planted in? That you deliberately maybe encouraged them to go to the believe course? Or you deliberately said, hey, you know what? It'd be great if you, I'd love to get to know you more. Hey, Have you ever thought about serving? Do you want to come on my team? Because if we're doing something together in commitment to the house of God, it means we strengthen how we relate with each other. We even strengthen our connection with each other. Don't underestimate the power of a lot of these practical things. Yes, we cover it all in press. So let's have a look at some of these key scriptures. The next slide. So in terms of planting, Psalm ninety nine ninety two, sorry, twelve to fourteen says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God, they will still bear fruit in old age. Who likes that? And they will stay they will stay fresh and green. Let's have a look at this next slide. When it comes to winning, Mark. I think we got that in the in the wrong order there, but that's all right. So it was win first, then plant. Win, Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said to them, "Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation." Mark 1, 17. and Jesus said to them, "Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men." Now we read these scriptures. Oh yeah, that scripture. Oh yeah, that scripture. Oh yeah, I've heard that scripture. Yep. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishes of men. Follow Follow God. Follow God. Not just be into God. Be subscribed to a certain email database from a famous preacher. Come to church when you feel like it. Ooh. Follow God. Follow him. Watch this now. There's a big difference between being a fan of Jesus and being a follower of Jesus. Being a follower of Jesus takes what? There's one word that starts with D. It's not a fun word. Yeah, discipline. There's a stronger word that's the anchor to discipline. It's called death. Not physical death. Dying to self. What does the word self mean? Me, 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 me,-me, me, 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 me. What am I going to get out of this sermon today? What am I going to get out of this relationship today? What am I going to get out of worship today? What am I going to get, get, what am I going to get? Me, get me, 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 me. Me, 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 me me, 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 me me, me me, 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 me me, 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 me 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 Now, as it's crazy and slightly entertaining and slightly weird that was... even for myself, yeah, my, my. (Laughter) Yeah, second chorus. <laughs> right? Uh, it's interesting, you know, when you look at this principle of seed and planting, the seed has to die. right? We're going to talk about that in a moment. But this is the thing where we, 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 we miss it sometimes, where actually the fruitfulness comes from you've got to be dying and sacrificing self actually to reap a lot of the promises of God doesn't mean that you can't have fun in your life and you have to be all weird and religious. But you have to follow the principles of God. You've got to follow God. A lot of times he's going to say, I want you to die to that selfish thought. I want you to die to that selfish feeling. I want you to still say yes to this principle. Let's have a look at this one. Next one. Grow, John 15, 8. My Father was glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Matthew 28, 18, 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them, teaching them to observe Now, the word for observe is to align, to follow all that I've commanded you. So disciples making disciples who are making disciples who are making disciples. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age, which means I'm with you. I'm for this. I'm about this. This is what I'm all about. Everyone say win. Everyone say plant. Everyone say grow. Grow. Let's have a look at this next slide. Oh, the green doesn't come up very strong. We need to make a note of that. I need to do something about that. The green's not great, is it? But anyway, number one, I want to have a look at some of the the benefits for being planted. But this is the key. These benefits that I'm going to go through quickly to finish off in this first part today, they're not just for you. They're benefits for us to be taught on so we understand why is God not just calling me to be planted, but why is He calling me to help and encourage other people to also be planted? So number one, people who are planted flourish. Everyone say flourish. Flourish. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. We're going to stay in this slide, but in Psalm 92.12 that scripture that we looked at before, the first part was the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Now, do you know that the palm tree can flourish in really pretty much any type of condition? Did you know that? Uh, Cold conditions, hot conditions, desert conditions, even during hurricanes, the palm tree is known for its ability to be literally unshakable. It's flexible to the point where when a hurricane or a cyclone comes through, the palm tree will be actually bending and wi- being able to withstand the force of the wind. But once the storm ceases, then the palm tree is able to restore itself back to its proper stance. And that's because of the design of the palm tree, also the type of design of the roots of the palm tree. And, uh, you know, after the storm, it's, it's still flexible. It hasn't lost its, its ability to thrive And when you think about followers of Christ, real followers of Christ, who are planted in the house of the Lord, flourishing during all seasons of life, good seasons, but also bad seasons, difficult seasons, uh, they bend, but they don't break. They're unshakable. And this is one of the keys to being planted in the house of God. Uh, I, I personally know several families in this church in 2017 who went through very difficult seasons. But in that season of turmoil and and difficulty and frustration, they stayed planted. They stayed committed to God. And can I tell you that not only are they upright again in their life and they're now moving forward, but can I tell you that like a palm tree, when it goes through a storm, it actually becomes even stronger. That the tenons and everything in that tree that's been bent during that storm, as it comes back, it actually now has a stronger sustainability in terms of its positioning. Is there anyone here who's excited with this benefit? Because I think one of the problems is, is as followers of Christ, we lack the ability to withstand the power of storms. And I think a lot of it is because we don't follow... The principle of Jesus when he says, I want you to be planted. I want you to be knitted in. You know, there's so many examples in the New Testament about the vine, for example. And uh, I, I want to encourage all of you. I mean, we've got, we've got a fantastic church where people get this. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm kind of preaching to the converted. But what I'm saying here is this, is that I want all of us to be an extension of how do we help people? How do we really help people spiritually? One of the keys that we can help people spiritually is getting them planted in the house of God. Getting them into circles, getting them into teams, Getting because when we're doing life together, when there's a stickability, right? I'm not going to name this person, but there's one person recently who I know is quite new to Jesus. And I think there's been a little bit of a war zone going on in their life because they've kind of resisted getting planted in the house of God. Sure, they'll come along maybe when they feel like it. They've got a strong revelation of Jesus. I can see it on their social media posts. They love the Lord. But they haven't got the revelation of being planned in the house of God yet. And what I've noticed with this person's journey is they'll come and then they'll not come. And then they'll come and then they'll not come. And recently, they've gone through a full-on storm to do with their identity. It's been a full-on attack. People from their past coming in, having goes, trying to say that they should be going back into their past sin And it's been very challenging and it's been very tempting. To the point where they've almost slipped right back to their past life. And so I saw this happening. So I got some of our team members and I said, let's pray about this and let's really reach out to this person. And let's get around this person and let's help this person now. Because the enemy is trying to steal revelation of the seed of God in their heart and they're losing ground. Now, the cool thing is, is this person has had a turnaround, but still, they started coming back regularly. They're connecting in, but still there's a war going on. Because the war that's going on is this. Do I really want to commit fully to this Jesus thing? Or do I kind of want to, Enjoy the best of both worlds. And that right there is our calling. You and I are all called to convince, to persuade, to teach, to help, to guide, to encourage people to make the decision. It is worth their while to step over that threshold and to commit to Jesus Christ fully. Now, what's a key sign of that? We know getting water baptised is, but getting planted in the house of God. Not just attending, not just ticking the church box, getting planted in the community. Getting connected. I think a lot of reasons why people don't, getting, like, don't like getting planted is because it means that they're going to have to embrace something that's hard to embrace. Are you ready? This is another one of my favorite words. It's not the R word, but it's the A word. What's the A word? Accountability. Accountability. Right? But watch this. It's all an economy you either want to flourish and you want everything that God's got for you or you kind of just want you kind of just want the surface stuff and not really commit and there is a massive difference between the two in terms of benefit people who are planted flourish the palm tree is used in this psalm for a reason. What kind of spiritual tree are you? James 1, 2, 4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Number two, let's have a look at the second one. I'm going to ask an instrumentalist to come up. People who are planted grow. Everyone say grow. So Psalm 92.12 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Now, a cedar of Lebanon, another type of tree here. So look at the palm tree. The Lebanon tree, or the Lebanon cedar tree, can grow up to 130 feet tall. It takes about 100 years to grow, right? And one of the qualities of this tree is that it grows and it grows and it grows. It has this consistent way of just continuing to grow. It doesn't just grow and then stops and just plateaus or erodes. It grows and grows and grows and grows and grows God wants your authority to grow like that He wants your ability to know who you are in Christ He wants you to know what you're called to do He he wants you to know He wants you to know who you are and He wants to carve out the pathway of how you should walk out that life let me say this. I think sometimes this statement can be controversial. People who aren't planning on the house of God don't really flourish. Let's reverse the scripture. Because sometimes people argue, oh, well, I haven't really got into the house of God, but I have a strong relationship with Christ. Let me say this. Sometimes people argue, oh, I know people who go to church regularly, but they don't really have strong levels of victory in their life. They're still battling stuff all the time. So how does this scripture really have direct relevance? Let me cut through all of this and say this. There's a massive difference between someone just attending church and someone being planted in the house of God. I could, I won't, but I could pull people up who I know are planted in the house of God. I could pull them up here. And I could directly call out the fruit and the internal qualities spiritually that God has formed within them. Because they've been planted. People who are planted grow. Next one. Number three. People who are planted produce fruit. 92.14. They will still bear fruit in old age. People who are planted don't just attend church, but they are fruitful. Their life is making a difference for the kingdom of God. They understand that God has called them to be fruitful followers of Christ and not just faithful attenders to church. This is an interesting one. What I love about this is when you're planting the house of God, you actually go through stages of growth in order to see the fruit come. I know when people are planting the house of God, there are t- sometimes seasons of pruning. And there are sometimes seasons of sifting and sorting. It's not all smooth sailing. I even know for Sarah and I. We're in a brand new season of just totally pressing in to the excitement of God in a brand new way. But the season before that was a pruning season. It was a sorting season. It was a challenging season. But right now, we're feeling the the fruit that's coming from this, this current season because we've gone through this fight. We've gone through this challenge. And we've been able to go through these seasons because We are rooted. Our identity is rooted, not just in God, but we're rooted in this community. We're here. We're called to to see that that God would actually do something. And sometimes it means a strong dying to self, where the self would want to go, I don't want to do this anymore. But the spirit would say, no, you stick in there. You hang in there and watch and wait and see what I'm going to do through this process. The fruit that comes right now. The sense of authority that my God is always going to come through for me is so much stronger than it was five years ago. I could have anyone in this world look at me and say, and I could go, you have no idea. I know my God. Right now in the marketplace, in where I get to influence There are these entrepreneurs who are even younger than me, full of zeal and energy and more successful than me. But then when I hang out with them more, I get to know them more. And the masks start to fall off and the reality of where their life is really at starts to begin. I had one person in my entrepreneurial network who's Australian but does a lot of work in Asia, specifically brag on social media that people have to be willing to do what others aren't in order to have what others can't, which sounds like a nice little entrepreneurial quote, but the heart behind that was what he was actually saying was that I'm over here in Asia on Father's Day And I've been okay with booking all of that. And even though my kids are upset about the fact, I have to be willing to make the sacrifices so that I can have stuff that other people can't. Now, you know what? There's nothing wrong with being away for Father's Day. Sometimes people are away. That's that's cool. But there was a pridefulness in the comment. There was something behind it. And when I hung out with this person, I challenged them. I said, you know what? I'm going to be frank with you. Your comment came across really off. And he said, what do you mean? I said, from an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur, it came across off. I said, because in a way, you were saying and promoting that in order for you to gain wealth, you have to be willing to sacrifice your family. I said, guess what? I completely disagree with that value system. And I spoke into his soul, and I said, I want to challenge you, brother. Whatever you, or why ever you believe that, I'm telling you, that's a lie that's going to take you to a place that you really won't enjoy end up being at. I think sometimes in Christianity, we're not necessarily aligned to the truth about the principles of God's kingdom, and we wonder why we're ending up in places and seasons of a life and the fruit that we're looking at is not what we wanted. God's word will not return void. God won't be mocked. You're not going to have a spiritually fruitful life if you're not willing to follow the principles that God says you have to follow in order to bear the fruit. That's my challenge to you today. Next one. we're going to finish real soon. Number four. People who are planted stay fresh. Who here likes the idea of being fresh? Now, what I love about the word fresh is being on the cutting edge. Everyone's like cutting edge. What I love about being on the cutting edge is, is this. Is God did not design you to keep living on the same revelation year after year. That God wants you to have fresh revelation. He wants to reveal a new part of himself to you. And you'll know that if you've been planted in this church, who knows that we have waves of revelation and waves of teaching that bring a new understanding or dimension of what God's doing. I mean, what I love about the part of this church is part of our identity is we're into the prophetic. We're into being on the cutting edge of what God's saying and doing. People who are planted stay fresh. Do you know one thing I've noticed, and this is another controversial statement that I'm going to say, is I've had friends, dear hearted friends, who've kind of said, church isn't for me anymore. I'm not talking about people who are here, and I'm talking about just friends in Christendom. Church is not for me anymore. And this is the thing I've observed, and it's dangerous. So I'm going to, without any hesitation, put it out there. What I've noticed is when people start to sever themselves from a relationship with the house of God, For the initial seasons, catch this now. This is so important. They still really believe in Jesus. They love Jesus. They have a relationship with Jesus. But over time, what happens is their revelation of Jesus starts to shift into just the revelation of God. I've seen lots of friends who move out of the house of God and bit by bit by bit, their revelation that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life starts to become more and more and more and more diluted. Even to the point where I've seen some people go, well, they start to get into all types of stuff. So I believe that God wants to challenge us. We need to get people planted in the house of God because it protects people's revelation. Jesus, Because we're constantly talking about Jesus. We're bringing people back to the cross. We're talking about why He is the way, the truth, and the life. When people don't come into a continued fellowship, they start to tap into all types of things of online, the universal energy, new age this. And sometimes it will feed the soul and it will bring them some sense of nurturing, but it starts to get them wickedly off track. And you need to have a burden for that. Being a follower of Christ, you would have, want to have a burden to stop people from losing their revelation of Jesus. And the last one. Number five. People who are planted love what Jesus loves. Do you know that Jesus loves the house of God? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about that he went into the house of God with such zeal. You know, we talked about the scripture of, of him turning up the tables because he wasn't happy with how people's heart condition was towards the house of God. And as the disciples watched him, they said, we have learned in a fresh way how important it is to have to zeal for the house of God. That Jesus loves the body of Christ, that he loves his bride, and so we should too. So I'm going to finish with this last thought. Next slide, the final slide is four keys to being planted. Number one, being committed to the church. Be committed to your church. Actually deliberately say, you know, I want to get planted. Be committed to daily prayer and Bible reading, so be committed to your relationship with Christ. Be committed to serving in a ministry. If you're in a season where you're kind of checking us out, hey, that's great, you're invited to do that. Relax and chill and Hope you're having a great time here. But if you've been coming for a while and and you want to make that change, that shift, then I want to encourage you to start getting involved. Start becoming knitted in. And lastly, be committed to being in a circle group. What's a circle group? A circle group is a small group ministry. At least going along to one. Being in, doing some Bible study with someone. Praying with someone. Connecting in, what are the goals of your life? actually helping someone else to press into the things of God. Our circles right now, we're getting amazing feedback how people are growing in the things of God because they're studying the Word of God together, they're praying together. So powerful. This is what I want to do as we finish off. I want you today, if you know that you're called to be planted in the house of God. In a moment, I'm going to get you to stand. I'm going to pray for you. But also, I want you to do this. I want you to think about, are you called to help other people be planted in the house of God? Do you care about the spiritual condition of others? Wow, that's the ultimate question, isn't it? Do you care about only your own spiritual condition? Or do you honestly care about the spiritual condition of others? And if the answer to that question is yes, I want you to stand to your feet, I want to pray for you.